Hello, dobar dan. My name is Bruno and you're listening to Croatia Vice Versa. Welcome again to a new episode of this humble podcast. Today we will talk about mental health, life abroad and challenges that expats face when they live in another country. As a foreigner living in Croatia, I wanted to bring this topic to have a cathartic moment with the guests and the audience. This will be indeed a collective therapy. And to talk about those topics, I invited two special guests from the mental health area and who have a huge background of living abroad. Our first, first guest is Stephanie Johnson. She's a clinical social worker from the United States with over 20 years of experience working in international communities around the world. Currently living in Croatia, Stephanie also lived in Togo, Switzerland and Singapore. Her specialities include adolescents and adults struggling with anxiety, depression, loss, adjustment and the complexities of living overseas. She's certified as an intercultural tra trainer from the Interchange Institute and also holds an European certificate of psychotherapy. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Our second guest is uh, Dunja Dejanovic, a psychologist from Croatia who is currently working in a hospital with children and training to be a clinical psychologist and psychotherapist. She spent some years living abroad as a child and as an adult and frequently moving places and cities. She also, in, she also enjoys taking long walks and multiple days hikes, swimming, spending time with friends and meeting new people. But also a long time is a must during each day. Huge Star Trek fan and therapy advocate. Dunya, thank you very much for, for being here. Hello, uh, thank you Bruno for this introduction <laughs> and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so that we will have a perspective from an expat who lives in Croatia and also from a Croatian who lived abroad. And I'm so happy to have them here. Uh, so welcome uh, both of you. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation to join this uh, episode. Um, uh, I would like to, to start asking the first question and you can, you can answer freely. Can you tell me how you end up moving from your country and how did this journey start? Uh, well, I can start. Um, I've been living overseas now with my family since 2009. Um, I first lived overseas after university when I was a Peace Corps volunteer uh, in Togo, West Africa. Um, and I met my husband there and we had such a wonderful experience that we decided that at some point we'd like to live overseas again. So when our kids got to be a certain age, we thought it's, it's sort of now or never, and we decided to take the plunge as a family. So he um, looked for um, positions. Uh, he's an in, uh, international school administrator, so we looked for positions, and we, we moved to Switzerland in 2009. Um, my daughter Zoe was two and a half, and my son was nine at that time. So um, we were going to, to, to stay just for a few years and then go back home, and then we liked it so much that we, um, we've been living overseas ever since. 
Um, for me, uh, it was, I think, uh, uh, yeah, after, during uh, my master thesis, during writing my master thesis, I was taking a trip to Ireland and somehow there it kind of clicked like yeah i don't want to start working after my thesis as a psychologist i just want to go do something else somewhere else and this is how i search for the fastest and easiest possibility for me to just go live somewhere else and that was being a, a an, an au pair a babysitter and um, also because of the simplicity of the paperwork, Netherlands was the, the first choice. And within a couple of months, I got a position and moved there. And from there, I kind of worked as an au pair and was unemployed for a while and later moved to Germany to work as a psychologist there for a year. So I think it was important to have this, this gap uh, when you finish your studies. For, for me it was the same when I finished my studies and also I want like, uh, I think I'm, I'm not ready to work in my area so I need just to, to discover, to explore the, the world and then just to, to start working. So it was my, my journey, it was like this as well. So when you leave abroad, when you arrive in a new country, you need to find your own community. Um, how was this process for you? How was this to find your own community when you lived abroad? Um, I think one of the ways that we found our community was through the organization that we were connected to. So um, international schools often have a community. And I think that was one of the things that I was surprised by. To, to us, to me, it felt like such a huge step to take our family and live overseas um, but once I got there I realized there were there was a whole community and network of people who live like this on an ongoing basis so um, and I felt very comfortable and I felt sort of like I had found my tribe when I when I connected with other expats but it, it can be really hard depending on where you are to develop a sense of community so for us, it was the international school. Um, it's connecting through our kids. So my daughter plays on a local, um, a Croatian soccer team. So I've connected with some other parents. Um, sometimes we reach out to contacts. So when we moved to Switzerland, people would say, oh, I know someone who lives there. I'll give you their information. So you start to network. Um, Social media makes it a lot easier these days as well, so you can connect on Facebook with, um, with other expats. But um, one thing that I, I find in my work and in my experience is that sometimes connecting can be harder depending on your personality. So mm -hmm. if you're more introverted, it might be hard to push yourself to get out and meet people uh, versus someone who's a little bit more extroverted and, and likes to likes to do that um, and the other thing I think is interesting is that a lot of times uh, expats connect very quickly because they're highly motivated to meet people and um, they want to get to know you really fast and um, become friends quickly whereas sometimes depending on the culture that you live in 
the local community might be a lot slower to um, to warm up and connect. So that can be uh, a bit of a challenge sometimes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, this has been my experience. I had to really like work on myself and kind of push myself to to go out to meet other people, to go out alone and just approach people. I joined the couchsurfing community, the meetup community, a lot of uh, Facebook expat groups and just really, really push myself to to have those experiences and to, to manage and it was really amazing. Now I don't have problems with it at all and I crave it and I seek it and I, and I miss it a lot. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Every every person has a, a different a different process to to create their own community or to find their own community. Like as Stephanie said, that if you are more um, introvert or you more extrovert, you have like groups. Uh, these uh, expats or foreigner groups or like they, they meet in bars they meet of course now corona everything's more tricky yeah. uh, but we won't talk about this now uh, we won't spoil this part um, but and and for more introvert people they see sometimes they uh, on for some facebook someone posts someone from from their their country or someone they they feel connected from the same same uh, interest they have like this uh, one one or two one uh, meetings so yeah every every person has a process to find their community they can find very very quickly or they can take take a time to to find their community and but because it's a process it's some something that they cannot be pushed uh, I remember when I when I lived in Kosovo I there was a lot of foreigners there and there was a bar that there was a bar that all the foreigners were meeting and I met a lot of people so the, it, I was part of the the foreigners like the, the people who were working in organizations there so there's a lot of people a lot there's a lot of organizations so I was part of one of the people who worked the organization so usually when you meet people from like finding with your community usually you're, uh, are people from the same the same um, uh, the same community as, as, as you are. Uh, for example, I, I tried when I was living in Portugal, I was not a student anymore, and I tried to connect with Erasmus students or, or, um, or in, uh, university, uh, university students. But uh, I think I, from me and from then, we are not feeling connected. Because I already finished my studies, and then I was okay. This this is not my group, and also they had their group, and also there's this barrier from some groups they they create to not um, to not join uh, someone from other side of the group. It's not something they is uh, intentional. It's uh, actually something very irrational, but uh, it's like part of how we live in in a group. Uh, I think most of the people who lived abroad uh, went through the feeling of belonging and also the feeling of not belonging. Uh, both may happen right in the beginning of the experience living abroad or even in the end. How you ever thought to yourself, okay, this is a place for me 
or this is definitely not a place for me. Have you ever experienced this 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 thing, this feeling of belonging or not belonging? Yeah, I definitely have everywhere that I've lived. And I think this idea of belonging is so uh, central to our human experience. Um, I sometimes struggle belonging to groups versus having my own individual self. And I think there's something about living overseas that makes me uncomfortable with because you're almost not supposed to belong. It's accepted or it's sort of a a status that you have that you you do belong, but you're also from somewhere else. So it it clicks with me somehow. but I think with the belonging for me, a lot of it has to do with what your concept of home is. And when you're an expat, often you have to develop your own sort of internal concept of home um, and what that means to you. Um, I feel very comfortable in Europe, and I, I think it's because I like the scale of it, I like the pace of it. Um, I find it visually appealing. Um, it, 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 it connects with me in, in, a, in a way. Um, when I moved to Asia, it was very hard because it was so different, I think. Um, and some of the things that are important to me, I wasn't able to connect with as much there right away. It took more time, and I um, I was patient with it, and I ended up really loving it. And um, but yeah, sometimes you have an immediate connection with the place, and then sometimes it takes a while to warm to it, depending on um, sort of your I think your own personality, but also where you are in your life uh, as well. I don't know if you felt that as well. Definitely, yeah. Where you are in your life um, definitely plays a huge role in in how your sense of belonging is, um, how do you say, is um, felt or expressed. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I felt the sense of not belonging um, also at almost every place where I went, especially uh, during my childhood. Um, And it had a lot to do with the legal statuses, which were not covered uh, during those times. And even when I was living in the Netherlands, it was a problem for me to have a uh, to get a visa and uh, even though I went through an agency they still had to send me back and then get some paperwork done so that kind of makes you feel unwanted like why do I I mean why can't I live where I want I, I haven't done anything wrong and I just want to to work and live and yeah but um, because of frequent uh, moving around, I also had to develop this sense and this feeling of home, which was not connected to a place, but to inner feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of um, I kind of always took some little parts that were always with me and that reminded me, okay, those are my stuff this is my home so i can live out of a suitcase or in a small flat or here or there or spend some nights 
anywhere and I would still have a sense of, of home and of belonging. So this is how I coped with uh, those feelings of, of um, yeah, not belonging <laughs> at times. <laughs> but um, the warming up to a place, to people, to a culture also p plays a huge role. Yeah, yeah the people that you, you meet, uh, for example, when I there was a place that I, it took me time. I was a bit okay. You no, know, maybe this is not my my place. Maybe I'm not fitting well. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know anyone here. I don't know this culture. I don't know this language. But also for me, it was a a, a process. And then I have to, you know, you have to. Sometimes it's just about yourself. You have to stop blaming the, 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 the place or the people or the, the, the country or the culture. And this is, uh, is, this is, this is one thing that uh, some, some, some expats, they, they do. But also, uh, it's also you have to stop and just change your mindset and just, just check new approach. If you, if uh, like who, where, where are you going, who you are hanging out with, if you, the, it, uh, like the suggestion that you, you, you had before about fi um, finding, pe fi um, finding people, just trying to be, and also be more connected to, 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 the, to that country, to that community. Um, uh, for example, the Brazilian, okay, this is my reality, Brazilian people, they, they leave, they, they go, when they go abroad, Usually they they connect with other Brazilian people. Sometimes they want to they want to go to they go to to US they go to Canada they go to Ireland to study English and for like eight months and they can but it's, it's, it's very normal but not like I'm not generalizing but when they came back they they didn't improve that much because they were just all the time speaking Portuguese and they did all the time with the Brazilian community uh, but this it's. But it's very, very interesting. Like to, you have to be more open-minded. Just you have to, you need to, to, to think to yourself that okay, I'm not in my country anymore. This is not my culture. This is not my language. This is not even my food, the food that I like. So you have to be more open-minded to. But it's also again, it's a process. It's a process, and it, it takes time. To some people, and it will take. Uh, it will be slower to other people. Yeah, and I think um, even sometimes just acknowledging and recognizing culture shock and sort of the patterns that can happen with that. In terms of, it doesn't happen the same for everyone, but there can be a period of idealization at the beginning where you think the place is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of times there's a dip down mm -hmm. where there's everything that you don't like about it. And then usually there's a sort of evening out where you can recognize what's good, but also acknowledge what's, what's challenging. But, you know, if you ask someone six months into a new place how they're doing, they might just be absolutely miserable because they're in the throes of, of, the, of the dip um, and, and need to give it some time. So. True. Um, this is a very common, um, the common things that um, and also push people to, to move out is about the, the feeling of uh, homesick. Um, have you have you ever felt like this homesick when you're living in your country or even when you're abroad? This is this is very common that you you live in abroad and you can feel homesick with your own country or even with the country that you're living. 
I think I started feeling homesick like uh, in my fourth year living abroad. Mm -hmm. It took me quite some time to feel homesick. But to, to really to feel homesick and to name that feeling, I didn't know, maybe I felt it before, but after four years it was the first time where I said, actually some, somebody else said to me, this what you're feeling is, is called homesick. And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt that, uh, that I needed to have people that are close to me, that I feel really connected to. Um, this has been because I was moving a couple of times during those four years I started missing the people that really know me that I don't have to explain myself to that are just there and they like with the look in my eyes they know how I'm feeling and how I'm doing and um, yeah but before I, I, I moved and decided to move because I kind of knew what I was gonna be facing like mm -hmm. those feelings of loneliness and not belonging and missing out on, on all the important stuff that uh, that my family is gonna go through my friends their graduations weddings I really worked hard on on my mindset like okay you decided that it's fine if you miss those things and you're gonna have other opportunities other experiences and what I feared most was that somebody from my family or friends is gonna get sick or die so this was really a, a process for me like okay there are planes there are phones there is internet there is this there is that everything is gonna be fine but this was a huge like fear and anxiety around that that I'm not gonna be able to be there for for the people I care about yeah I mean, so much of how I felt is similar to what you're saying in that I didn't feel homesick like I missed America or I wanted to be there. I wanted to, I missed my family. I, especially as the years went on, for the first few years, missing events didn't feel as difficult. But then when it became a longer time I realized I looked at it in a new way because I knew my children weren't gonna see their grandparents as much mm -hmm. and that people did die and I, I couldn't go to, to and mourn them sometimes mm -hmm. and um, that that was hard and still is um, also what exactly what you said about having people who, who know you and know your roles and your identity. They know your sister and your parents yeah. and, mm -hmm. and your sense of humor and all these small parts about you. Yeah. Um, so, so that can be hard. And another experience I had was when I moved from Switzerland to Singapore and I was really struggling with that transition. I think sometimes we think, oh, I've done this before. You know, I know how to do it. It's not gonna be a big deal. But I really think that all moves aren't the same. No. So when I moved from Switzerland to Singapore, I was really struggling and I missed Switzerland so much. We had lived there for six years. My daughter grew up there and that's sort of what she considered her home. And I, had a, I have a lot of close friends there. 
So I missed a country that wasn't my home. So I didn't even have a word for it. I yeah. used to call it, I called it Swiss sick. Because <laughs> it wasn't my home. I couldn't even go back. Yeah, I couldn't go back and live there. I didn't have a passport there. I, I, I had no claim to this country that had become part of who I was and my family. So that was very confusing um, when you have a feeling that there doesn't there's not a word for no. like so. you're not supposed to be missing that at all right yeah yeah right actually i'm struggling with myself with the word homesick because i really love my country i really love my culture i really love my people i'm very proud of my my roots where i come from i'm very very proud proud of my my family and everything but I just feel sorry that the things that are happening in, in my country, I don't see myself, especially now with all the background that I, I, I have had, I have gathered uh, since I, I left. I, I, left. I, I, I think that, okay, I, I, I now I have a mission out of my country and I don't see coming back or living there. But it doesn't mean that I don't I don't want to contribute to to my, my country. I I still have my family here, there. I I have friends, amazing friends there. So it's just seeing myself living back there. It's just in the moment it can it can it can change in the future. Now my mindset is now okay. I don't see myself living there. I uh, maybe I have more things, more, more, more things to explore, and more things into more place to explore, and more about me to to, to discover, to find out. Uh, yeah, but in the moment, maybe maybe in the future, something will you change. Okay, now it's time to come back, to come back to my roots, and and I think and this, um, I spend a lot of time. Uh, abroad, so I some I, I have like friends, Brazilian friends. They they think completely opposite of me, or they okay they I, they didn't feel that they fit in a country, and they say okay no this this is not my place. My place is there, so it's fine. It's fine. It's, uh, if I am I'm, I'm I'm facing this this moment that okay I don't see myself living in my country. It's also fine. So mm, each yeah. person has the their own the, a way to deal with everything. Yeah. Even um, the definition of homesick is is probably different for different people. Like they don't link it to the country, but just to the people. And yeah. Yeah. It's really. So I would like to ask you something, Dunia. Just I I know there uh, you know that Croatia Croatia is a, a country that has a huge brain drain. A lot of, especially the um, among the youngsters, and a lot of youngsters they 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 move, they go to to, to Germany, Switzerland, to Ireland, or all, all other countries. They actually have Croatians, Croatians all over the world. Yeah. Um, I would like just to ask, what in your perspective or your friend's perspective, because uh, why why Croatians come back home? Maybe I'm not the right person to, <laughs> to ask that question. Why they come back home? I think uh, a lot of Croatians, I, I think it's similar to other countries actually. Mm. They, they stick together when they're in a foreign country and there were communities of Croatians in the Netherlands, in Germany, uh, in Austria. And they, uh, yeah, I think it's, 
they they move out not so much to have new experiences but they move out of out of necessity like because they have to they want better opportunities for their families for their children for themselves so it's not so much i'm gonna go discover myself i'm gonna take a year off it's i'm gonna get yeah some uh, i'm gonna get a paycheck and i'm gonna bring that home to my family and after some years of working abroad they they decide yeah I'm gonna go back to to Croatia where I belong and I actually never wanted to leave if I didn't have to but the opportunities were not so great uh, the last couple of years or decades even and during the war of course a lot of people moved out of here Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to move out and they are still feeling Mm -hmm. very homesick yeah it, it is hard for them, yeah. Yeah, what I talk with people during the... I know this is very, very sensitive about about the war. Like, what they when they moved, they, they were pushed to move. They didn't want to leave their, their country. And then after 10 years, they, they, they came back. And they said, this is my place. This is my country. This where my, my family, where I have my, my roots. When it, and this is the country I want to, to, to contribute. I, re- I really love actually I really 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 love when I hear from 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 Croatians uh, that they want to contribute to, to, to their to their country they want to you know I, I could have opportunity to go to any other country I could but I want to stay here I know there's there's a lot there's a lot of things to be improved and I, I want to be part of this of this uh, this process of, of improvement here. Yeah, that's true because I think they they kind of um, there is a sense of like we created this country, we fought for it, and we kind of have to build it up. So and we have to return to the people that were fighting um, for it for us to have a country called uh, Croatia. So I think they want to to have their share of of. Of positive uh, effects to 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 this country. I didn't express this very well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. yeah, yeah. They, they just want to have a, a, a positive contribution to 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 making this country mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Let's say, yeah. But I think um, I don't know your experience, but I know that um, repatriation is can be almost more challenging sometimes than going to a new a, a new different country because you've changed and grown and the people at home have changed and grown and you're coming back and it, it can be a challenge and a confusing uh, experience to come home and not feel at home maybe you know depending um, so I've talked to people here and just people in general who are returning to their passport country and know that it can be a a difficult time yeah that has been definitely my experience yeah when I came back for good it was one of those the the most challenging times in my life just Mm -hmm. coming back home Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, this is the thing that I'm afraid if I go back to my own country and then I feel like alien there. Because yeah. I feel mm. I could I was feeling comfortable that all the countries that I believe I was leaving and I have moved, I was like feeling just I was the okay, I was like feeling like a child learning new things all the time. So for me everything was new. Uh, but I, I don't know why I have this feeling, this fear, if I go back to my to, to my country, I won't fit there. Because mm -hmm. everything is very uh, familiar to me. Everything is very familiar. I feel that, okay, I need to, to learn more. Right. But the good thing, at least Brazil is a huge country, so I'm from south, south of Brazil. Uh, if I move, maybe if I move from the south, and decide to go to the north or northeast, <laughs> yeah. it would be yeah. different. Also, there's, there's this, this thing. Imagine someone here from, from, from Croatia who decide to go from, leave, uh, leave uh, Zagoria or here uh, Zagreb region yeah. and go to, 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 to the south, to the, to the Dalmatian side. It would be yeah. different. It's the same country, same, okay, apparently the same language because the dialects <laughs> and everything. But you find a lot of a lot of uh, differences, oh, so okay. maybe. But it's true what you said. It's like if you if you don't feel at home at home, then that can be a very difficult experience. So yeah, and it will take maybe even more warming up and more uh, work uh, to 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 feel at home in your. Mm. home country yeah. than it would take uh, living abroad mm. but yeah you said it already actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for you what is, what are the the most common um, issues that the expats they face um, well I think there's been a couple of books and I'll, I'll recommend them at the end um, and a lot of people have been writing and sort of studying experiences and trying to come up with them similar themes but um, expats experience a lot of loss um, even though it's a wonderful experience you ha you're saying hello and goodbye to a lot of people um, so there is a sense of loss um, in terms of connections and, and uh, also like we talked about missing things that are happening at home. Um, some people feel uh, guilt uh, for not being at home or being away from sick family members or even just being able to help on a day-to-day -day basis with uh, events. Um, in their in their home country, um, people struggle with the sense of their identity. You know, who am I? Um, I have all these different parts of me now. I lived here. I've lived there. And I think that that can be particularly um, an issue, particularly with children, because their sense of self. I mean, we all develop a sense of self throughout our lives, but their identity and their sense of self is really growing and, and developing a lot in, in childhood. And if they don't have their home country there as sort of a, to root them, they can often feel sort of um, um, this, this feeling of they don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. That can happen. Um, there can be fatigue um, of, of just being 
cultural fatigue of if you move to a lot of different places to have to, for example, the State Department or people who work in embassies often move every two to three years. So you're going to a new place, your um, new school, new house, new culture, maybe new language. And to do that sort of consistently um, every three years, it can be exhausting. Um, so there can be some fatigue associated with it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's true. For yeah. example, I have leave, I have moved from countries and cities the last uh, three years. And uh, here in Croatia, it was the first time that I lived more than six months <laughs> in just one place. And because it was, it's, it's very, very, okay, it's amazing to leave and to to know a new country, a new culture, to meet new people, but it's very exhaustive to, you have to say goodbye as you said, like, and then I was feeling that I knew, okay, there, was, there would be one time that I would need to settle down, mm. because you have to start over, 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 like, okay, you have to find your community, you have to find your, your, your place in that place um, you have to adapt so it's very it's, uh, it, it take you uh, uh, it, it take you time uh, it take you uh, it also uh, take takes you like a lot of uh, emotion uh, emotional struggles mm -hmm. and and yeah basically basically this, this is very very true this is very very true and about the, the you mentioned like the people who work in the embassy. I have friends who are, are uh, diplomats and I was talking with, with them about this. One of them, uh, she was very, she was very uh, tired as well like because she lived in four countries and, and she, okay, she, okay, this is I think maybe this time for me to stop. And she was all, also uh, willing maybe to to change her career just to settle down because it mm -hmm. is, it can consume a lot a lot a lot you physically emotionally so yeah yeah and socially as well but then sometimes people develop this sort of feeling of restlessness so it can be <laughs> hard to settle and um, people can feel like if something's not going well, instead of staying to work it out or work out relationships, they might say, oh, well, maybe it's time for me to move on yeah. to the next place. Mm -hmm. it's, um, and that can be an issue as well because then people aren't sort of um, struggling through some of the difficult interactions to get to a better place. They're just moving on to a new location. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that I've noticed that definitely <laughs> <laughs> in myself and also in, in, in others like everything that you said that you described exactly this has been my personal experience and also the, pre uh, the experience of people I've been uh, connected with with mm -hmm. friends um, also expats and uh, sometimes also clients that I've worked with mm -hmm. um, yeah like yeah, everything by book, like you, like you described. I'm not gonna repeat that, but definitely those are the experiences that are uh, that are common, and I don't. Uh, I think they're really universal. Like, mm. yeah, to some degree, everybody is experiencing mm -hmm. some part of it. Yeah, you're right. It's it's yeah. interesting because they are universal themes, yeah. and it, yeah. you don't need to be an expat to deal with some of these. Mm -hmm. But exactly. they are 
they can be more pronounced when you're when you're yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's different for each person but there's some kind of um, patterns that everyone is, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah we are we are different people but we we have this the same essence mm. so yeah I remember uh, now I was thinking about my mother when I was I was like homesick feeling homesick just from about my city not about my country just about my city and then she told me one thing that it was very very true it doesn't uh, you have also maybe something uh, in, in, inside of you you have to solve this. Imagine that you move, okay, you're blaming the city, you're blaming here or the country, and you move to another country, and then it's okay, I don't, I'm not fitting here as well, so maybe the people here, they, they are not, not fitting the people, I don't fit the, with the, the, the country, so I go into another country, and the same thing happened. So this is something that they have to be solved with. Now is our health, <laughs> mental health, part so it's just you have to to take care with this and uh, with the therapy and just just to look at yourself is if, if the problem is external or internal mm. yeah. yes yeah exactly yeah. and one thing I, I also notice is that um, I know we were talking a little bit before sort of what's an ex what what defines an expat and I guess one of the things I feel like maybe a common thread is that it, it, it may be a, a choice that people make um, versus if you're a refugee or we were talking about what's the difference between an expat and an immigrant and a refugee yeah. and a, yeah. um, but so if we presume that there's some degree of choice um, of being an expat um, some people feel very confused when they're upset and they think, well, I chose this life mm. and it's supposed to be great. And, you know, people, you know, I get to travel, I get to do these interesting things, I get to experience new cultures. Why am I not happy? Why I should like this more? Or uh, I don't deserve to feel upset or um, which in therapy too, you hear a lot of uh, everyone, you know, there are people that have it worse than me. Why can't I just um, feel better? Um, so there's this degree of I shouldn't feel like this because it's my choice. Um, and I think that that can be, be difficult. Yeah. yeah. But we can, we are allowed to feel like both. Um, bad and good like the the how do you call it the end is, yes. is crucial like yes you yes. can you can you can feel like um ambivalent uh, ambivalent sometimes you can mm -hmm. you can switch feelings around you can switch decisions it, it it's a it, it's not set in in stone like yeah i have to be happy all the time because mm -hmm. of that choice mm -hmm. that i've made like yeah. You're allowed to have uh, mood switches, mm -hmm. and yeah. And always, every time you have like some moment that you feel uncomfortable, in that that moment, say, so, okay, something is just bothering me. Maybe so you know what, maybe you don't know what, but you can a allow this to, to to bother you until okay, if you find out or find out one way to to solve this situation. This is very very common. Yes. If yeah. if, if you live in abroad, there's some something that's bothering you. And you're feeling uncomfortable, and then okay, and it, 
Okay, you cannot just take it in an extreme way. No, I will move out. So no, and then I will. I want. I want uh, have this anymore. So just mm. also, it's very important. That's how is to to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable and then to to solve the situation. And you will know what to do if you face the same thing in the future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I liked your blanket metaphor that we spoke about when we were... <laughs> yeah, he said, like, uh, living abroad is like you're having a... Uh, like a short... Blanket. Yeah, maybe you should tell the, this metaphor. It's, it's yes, good. I think this, this is... It, I think this goes to most everything in your life. Is uh, I usually say that, um, that uh, it's, it's like a, a short blanket. Because when you think that you cover one part, you want cover the other part. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we have. We should get the two blankets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. But sometimes sometimes when you feel that okay now this is solved and another and then okay this is solved this uh, thing that I was I I had this problem to to solve and everything's fine now. At some point, do you see that some other thing is uncovered mm -hmm. that yeah. another thing needs a problem solving yeah needs this part of the blanket yeah, yeah, needs yeah. This part of the blanket <laughs> yeah but yeah we have just to be careful just thinking that you have just to think one strategy to uh, cover that part without uncovering other parts mm -hmm. yeah or I was thinking because I was thinking about what you said you can just leave some parts uncovered and just it's fine mm -hmm. it can also be like that like not everything needs to be covered mm -hmm. yes yeah yeah sometimes uh, what's what's the priority sometimes what do you think of is okay now this is my priority this yeah. is what I want now but a couple of weeks like weeks month year you realize, okay, it's not my priority. Yeah. Maybe my priority, it was the part I left uncovered. Mm -hmm. And I was just very worried about the, the part that I, I covered, that, that was, okay, I need to cover this part, I need to... And, and then I would... It, there's something in your life, and there's something that in your life you, you didn't focus, and you're okay, I should, I should take care more about this, this, yeah. this part. Well, it's interesting because that sort of um, relates to one of the questions that you had asked. Not that I want to take the question part away from you, but um, you asked what you what we learned about ourselves. And um, when I um, lived in the U in the U.S., I had a job I really loved at a community health center, and uh, I was progressing in my career and. Um, I was also, um, you know, uh, working part time and be, and spending time with my kids. So when we moved, it was my husband's job that was making um, sort of the driving force, and I decided that I wanted to make sure the family got settled and acclimated. So each time we moved, I didn't work for the first year, and I, I sort of thought. That would be okay, and it will. There'll be other things that grab my interest. I'll learn the language. I'll, I'll cook. I don't, I don't know, and and it was good, but that was one of those cumulative issues that I've done a lot of interesting things in my career, but it didn't have 
this sort of linear path. And sometimes I felt sad that I didn't, that I sort of put that to the side a little bit. And it was, it was one of the losses I felt that even though I'm very happy in what I'm doing right now, hopefully I'm making myself clear, Mm -hmm. which is that I thought it was going to be okay a certain way. And then after a while I felt sad about it. Now I wouldn't have changed what I did. I, I wouldn't have done it differently, but I didn't know that going in that I was going to feel that way yeah. 12 years later. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that can happen in our lives regardless of whether we live overseas mm-hmm. or not. But um, some of the trade-offs were were not what I anticipated. Yeah. 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 So. In my case, when I when I was living in Brazil, my last my last work it was. Um, in the university, I was working in the international relations um, um, international relations office at this of this university, and I was sure that okay, this is my thing. This is what I will work from now. I don't I, I don't know if I will have other other opportunity, or and then okay, I this is fine. This is okay. I was I was very comfort living in my my comfort zone. And for some that time, that time I was thinking, no, I would, I wouldn't study masters. I want to go to masters. Masters not for me. Masters just because I'm is more for, for is smarter people or like or because the the the, the masters in, in in Latin America is completely different. He masters here in the how can I say the the structure of masters is different in in Latin America than in 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 the in the Europe. And I have this this um, uh, turning point that someone someone just asked me how is to is to to study a master in, in, in Portugal, and I said I don't know, but I will I will I will research and I will let you know. And then I was researching, I was just checking. Okay, okay. So this person needs like to do this, this, and that. Hmm. I I have this, this, and that. I said why not, <laughs> and then and then I uh, I applied and I it was how how I moved to 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 to, to Europe. My first country was Portugal, and and uh, a world of, of opportunities and possibilities opened to myself, and there was a lot of things that um, that I I start doing that I didn't. I didn't imagine that I, I I would do sometime or that, that, that there's something for you for example a, a hobby some kind of hobby that we start uh, doing when you we lived abroad or something like this. Um, yeah, actually, I started I started playing a lot more board games. Mm-hmm. I started playing Jugger. Mm-hmm. Does do you know what that mm-hmm. is? It's uh, it's some sort of I, I will not explain it very well, but it's some kind of sport with weapons that are really soft, and there is a a skull-like ball, and you're just chasing each other and playing on a. I don't. Yeah, I started playing that just <laughs> randomly. <laughs> I have tons of videos of me playing that. Um, I started hiking, climbing, um, going uh, to a lot of stuff by myself, trips, journaling a lot. Well, no, actually, I've done that since, I don't know, K 
kindergarten. Um, yeah, regarding ho hobbies, those are, that's it. Yeah. I can't think of anything in particular. I think that's funny. I think I thought I was going to do, you know, I'd have these phases of I'm going to learn how to surf or mm -hmm. I'm going to, but I just did the same things I, I've always done, I think. And, and maybe in some ways that's helped provide some mm -hmm. consistency for me. Mm -hmm. So I like to run and hike. Um, and travel and uh, so so that's provided consistency you know depending on where you live those things can be harder to do yeah, so exactly, yeah. that's one of the things I think that makes a place feel like a good fit or not mm -hmm. yeah so I think this uh, finding one hobby or if you have one hobby and if, or, or if you have one hobby I think you should continue uh, doing this hobby especially when you leave abroad because it's also part of the therapy of uh, of your life abroad mm. or at, at some point maybe you find um, you find um, a new a new hobby and then okay this okay something that you never you never done before or never had the opportunity and if you meet people with that or a group of people it's also if you go for hiking there's a lot of uh, groups for hiking yeah. and you meet uh, very very interesting people for example I always I was always a lazy uh, teenager a lazy a lazy uh, kid and part of my adult life, lazy adult, and, but I, I started liking how to, 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 to walk, to hike, to spend more time in nature, and this is also, it, I, I, I found out that this is, this is not just good for, for my, my, my physical health, but also for my, my mental health, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes also in a spiritual way, if, for example, if you do if you do meditation or if you if you spend a lot of time with yourself also this is this is to connect to yourself some people would say like connect to yourself or connect to the universe uh, the last time i talked with dunia we were talking about the camino de santiago yeah. we found out that uh, both of us we we did the camino de santiago yeah. uh, who doesn't know this is um is a pilgrim, a pilgrim path to go to Santiago de Compostela in, in Spain, in the Galicia region. Uh, so usually, usually started like it started like one a spiritual, a spiritual pilgrim, uh, pilgrim thing. But now it's, it became a lot very, very popular. So even people who are religious or not religious, when I was invited to go, a, a friend of mine invited. And and then I invited another friend of mine. I know I knew he, that he was it, it was his dream, and he almost cried when I invited him. <laughs> and okay, I didn't know what what was expecting for me because it was walking. You walk like 20 kilometers per day or more. It depends how fast you want to go, yeah. how much you want to, to to spend. And it's very it's very worth it. It's very worth it. I would like to do again. But the first day I was like. What am I doing here? I'm mm. just walking, 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 and but you're gonna, it, it, you're gonna meet people in the way. You're gonna talk with the people. You, the people, even people that you think you know, you 
you, you talk with the person and then you find out, okay, I don't know this person that well. Yeah. And then you share a lot of things. So the, the, there's one power, the, the Camino Santiago, there's one thing. So the first day, I was like, what, what, uh, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> and the last day, in the, um, the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela, I was crying. Mm. I was very, very emotive. Mm. It was very, very, such interesting, um, uh, interesting um, experience. But I think it's funny that you say that because I think in expats' lives, where, you know, there's always a, at least one day where you think, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> is this my life now? I know. Why did I think this was a good idea? <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. It's like that, that song by Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? I yeah. don't belong here. Right. But yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you, you think to yourself, like, what I'm doing to my life? Why? Yeah. You, and, 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 and this is a tricky thing for everyone, if you're expect or not. You, you cannot you cannot stay in the the thoughts that what if you cannot yeah. overthink too much yeah. about the past mm, right. mm. that's what one of the things about having kids and living overseas it's like the ultimate trump card or or sort of you know every time something goes wrong you think it's because i moved we moved yeah. them yeah what if we had stayed, yeah. you know, in one place, this wouldn't be happening. Mm. And I've had to get better throughout the years to say, I don't know that. You know, either this could have happened if we were in the States, this issue, or a different one could have mm. happened. So, um, but but there's always that feeling of, um, was this, you know, we're as adults making decisions for our children. Mm -hmm. um, is this what's right for them or what makes them happy? So, um, so yeah, that, that what if can <laughs> haunt you. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was supposed to be my next question. But, uh, <laughs> thank you very much for this book. <laughs> and uh, probably we have listeners who are fathers or mothers. And I would like to hear from you, Stephanie, according to your experience and um, as, as a mother living abroad with, uh, with children and also from other, other uh, foreigners that you, you heard, uh, how is to raise kids abroad overseas? Hmm. Um, well, like most things I think about living uh, overseas, when it's good, it's really, really great. And when it's hard, it's, it's very difficult. Um, I think for the most part, it's been a really good move for our, our family. Um, and our kids have traveled and seen the world in a way that they just wouldn't have been able to um, had we stayed in, in the U.S., um, that being said, I mentioned the uh, issue of loss. Um, so, you know, there was one year I felt, uh, what, a period of time where I felt like every year my daughter had to say goodbye to her best friend um, because that person moved. And then, you know, then the next year we were moving. So that, that can be um, quite difficult. Um, you know, school systems are different. Um, my kids went to the local Swiss schools um, and had to learn French, and it was a great experience for them. But it was, it was, a, it was challenging 
for them as well because there's a different uh, approach to peer interaction and parent involvement. So you really have to remember that you're a guest in, in a country and advocate for your children, but know that it's not going to be the same as it would be if you were... Uh, if you stayed in your passport country. So, uh, so, so yeah, overall, I think it's been wonderful. Um, you know, kids don't always appreciate, you know, we, we travel and, you know, you know, see different places and sometimes they just want to stay and be with their friends and, you know, they're like, ah, another place. Um, so it's, it, that can be a little bit funny, but, um, you know, you really have to make sure you're tuned in to your kids' needs and how they're doing in the process, I think. Yeah. And um, so now we, maybe the listeners and maybe my guests will be a bit triggered because of these questions. <laughs> this question. Uh, what are the challenges of being an expat uh, during the COVID times? And... I would like to ask also why therapy is very, very important, especially in times like this. Uh, maybe you have more experience regarding that. I haven't worked so much with expats uh, during COVID. We have been more working, I've been working more locally and regarding the, the experiences with the earthquakes and mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But uh, I could just... I mean, I can, I can just say that it, it's difficult because the the connections are very uh, few, and they are not, um, yeah, they are not in person. There isn't any opportunities to meet new people. Mm -hmm. There isn't an opportunity to 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 build your community or to just um even go out and meet people randomly just for one night and to have a nice time you are feeling more alone more anxious you have way more questions as to why did i move during exact at exactly this time uh, when this is going on in the in the world and um yeah um because of all those questions, even if you were in your own country, uh, therapy during times like this is really important. You need a support system. This is something that we have not been, ex we have never experienced before, mm -hmm. and it's happening on a global level. So, uh, somebody who who understands and knows how to deal with the emotions uh, coming up. Um, is important and yeah I mean therapy is important during any time and <laughs> period can be helpful mm -hmm. of course let's say let's put it like that can be helpful but especially when there is a, a, a collective trauma thing happening mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree I mean so much of the work that I'm doing I, I'm seeing through a lens of trauma yeah. uh, during COVID times. Um, and I think for the expat community in particular, there's certain ways that a lot of us sort of made this lifestyle work for us, which would be, and, and reasons that we do it. Um, so 
for us, it's going home every year in the summer, uh, having our family come and visit us. That's both has, has been taken off the table um, for us. So it's been long stretches of time without seeing our, uh, our family. Uh, you mentioned before you rationalize being away thinking, well, if something happens, I'll just go yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we haven't been able to yeah. do that. Um, I've worked with some some kids who have moved during COVID, and it's very challenging because they, it's extended their transition quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to meet uh, other kids mm-hmm. their age. Some of them haven't even attended the school mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. where they've moved. Um, so yes, it's a very challenging, isolating time where. Sometimes I think it feels like um, the, all the pleasures, big and small in life, have been sort of take, taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that being said, I think there's been some surprising silver linings um, where, you know, we see some kids who actually do well um, doing online school, whereas yeah. they might have struggled in person. Exactly. Um, we've been fortunate to have our university age son spend a year with us because um, he was uh, online. So that was a nice um, benefit for us all to be together. Um, but overall, um, I think I have had that thought more during COVID of why am I doing this? Um, if the reasons I'm I chose to live this life have are, are non-existent and not non-existent, but been been limited. And I don't know when they'll return yeah. or how they will return. So I yeah. think, um, uh, obviously, I agree. Getting therapy is very helpful. A lot of times, just to have someone validate your experience yeah. and say, "Yes, um, you're not the only one who feels yeah. this way." Um, to encourage you to, to sit and try to experience your feelings and not judge them. We often judge our feelings and say we shouldn't feel this way or we should. Why is this so hard? Uh, it is very hard. It's hard for a lot of people. And um, I think it's, it's helpful to have someone that helps you think through that and process that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what has been also when I talk to other therapists and also to my own therapist uh, we it's it's helpful that and I kind of notice we are sharing a lot more about ourselves because we are all in this together so mm-hmm. we are also telling clients yeah we also experience uh, anxiety mm-hmm. now and not knowing what's happening and uh, with the measures and how to deal with this and cope to that, uh, cope with that. So yeah, the, the, the validation of the experiences is, is very important and it's good to hear it um, from your therapist. Like mm-hmm. they are not so, we are, they, we, I don't know, <laughs> not the uh, superhumans who know how right. to handle this yeah. situations. So it's good to, mm-hmm. to, to be mm-hmm. able to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite normal that you feel anxious and alone and etc. Et mm-hmm. And I've been seeing people um, anxious about re-entering into exactly. life again. What will life be like um, after 
COVID or even living with COVID, um, well, you know, people feel that I haven't been around people, but now I don't want to be around yeah. people. And, yeah. and what mm-hmm. what is that about? And um, feeling anxious about doing the things we used to do without thinking too much about it. So I... I think we also have to be careful not to expect ourselves just to jump right back in, that there's going to be a transition, there's going to be an adjustment, and it's that that process will take time, and that's another place I think therapy can be helpful. Yeah, be very common, like the social anxiety, and actually it's, it's common, like they increase a lot of uh, increase and also uh, um, got worse uh, the rates of depression and anxiety and a panic attack around the world um, and also and also the, the way how, how we behave to each other for example I'm a hugger I really really love to hug people and sometimes just come okay so we hug we just shake hands we're just like give give a, a elbow, elbow, elbow shake, yeah. shake or <laughs> things like this so even our our social um, social interaction uh, changed, so it's not, it's not just like in, in ourselves and also the, the society and our interaction with other people. Uh, and usually, when, for example, when the, I, I feel very very uncomfortable when I see like some uh, crowded, like a busy busy place. Even when I, I mean, this is this is funny. It's not just me. I know this is not just me. You are listening to this. Is with you as well. <laughs> you're you're watching a movie and you have a scene in a huge party. You have a lot yeah. of people. And oh my god, there's a lot of people without yeah. masks. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That was ages ago. Yeah. 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 Time that we we forgot. Mm. But but yeah, the therapy is very very important, uh, especially in times like these, especially. It was important. Uh, it was already important for for expats living abroad because uh, you're living a different culture. You have to face with your uh, with yourself living in, in a different in a different co- uh, country, um, like away from your family, away from your friends, and you you discover yourself in in a different way something that you didn't know before how how you were before when you're living in your country and now especially because of covid because of like you know you have the social distance you have like huge uh uh lockdowns you barely see people you always sometimes you 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 are afraid to to meet people so uh yeah therapy for that is is Mm. very very important and needed and for example what you said stephanie about the kids and I, I know that uh, I heard this that ki- the kids they they were uh, who are suffering most because of this because it's like the moment in life they they need interaction they need to to mm-hmm. to, to meet other kids they need to play yes. and they stay stuck at home and just like not uh, just uh, watching uh, watching their their the studying online or watching. Uh, videos on the internet mm-hmm. something like this for us adults okay it's not easy but compared to them we we have we can process easy, better than than the kids and this is very and we have to also and this is very important not just for uh, adult expats just focus on the therapy and also for for children yes yes yeah. very very true 
So yeah, we are at the end of our our podcast. I'm sorry for <laughs> if we just uh, uh, finishing this uh, uh, deep uh, deep topic, but I think this is this is uh, this is is good to make people thinking and uh, actually to 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 reflect about about this. And but uh, just to let let everyone know that we are not alone. We we are strong and we we um, overcome this. Mm -hmm. We overcome this, and especially for uh, expats. So you 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 are also not alone with the same the same things that you feel and that you're feeling uh, that anxiety or doubts. Uh, why you living abroad is something that's very very common in, in you. There's a lot of um, other people feeling like the same, and there's a way to the, you 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 find out how to how to overcome the, those challenges. I I hope our our talk with Dunia and and Stephanie help you helped you to to realize uh, things about that. Uh, now we are we are going to our um, uh, cultural space where the hosts and the guests they they recommend some things related or not to, with the the topic to the audience. So what did you bring to us today? <laughs> well, I I had a few books that I think are um, helpful for expats. Um, one is called Third Culture Kids, mm -hmm. Growing Up Among Worlds, which is sort of the, um, I think people think of the Bible of, of um, what it's like for um, children who live away from their passport countries during their, their developmental years. Um, and there's another book I really like called The Emotionally Resilient Expat by mm -hmm. Linda Jansen. And it talks a lot about the themes that we discussed um, that that come up for for expats. And um, lastly, is a um, a website and an organization called Families in Global Transition that have has done a lot to continue the dialogue um, about what it's like to. Um, live overseas and uh, have experiences um, and create a community of people who um, uh, are living outside their passport countries that uh, support one another and talk about the pertinent topics. So, thank you for those. Sure. Uh, mine are not so related to the topic, but uh, only partly. Um, there is a book uh, called Love Around the World from, uh, from one of our um, directors, producers, writers, uh, um, Davor Rostuhar. Mm -hmm. uh, he and his wife uh, took a 15-month trip around the world and were exploring different kinds of, of love uh, and how people from different parts of the world experience love mm -hmm. and they also made a documentary which is gonna be uh, I think uh, premiered here in uh, May okay, so yeah mm -hmm. that is uh, one thing and the other it's sort of connected because of, of uh, one of the <laughs> the girls that is taking part we, we are making an uh, exhibition at the vox femina festival um it's um it's a festival that promotes local and international female artists and 
during that exhibition we are gonna make um, we, we are it's in the process of making so it's gonna be around facing um, challenges around um, uh, around uh, feminism sexuality the patriarchy uh, gender expression and so it's gonna be a multi multimodal kind <coughs> of exhibition like mm. with all sorts of so it's also gonna be um, in May at the 13th of May also oh, May we're gonna have May, a lot of things yeah so <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to attend both both yeah. uh, events uh, yeah. uh, my recommendation for today is the movie Soul is uh, produced by uh, Pixar Studios and it's such a sensitive movie uh, who, whose plot is about a jazz musician from New York who ends up in, a, in the afterlife. Uh, I chose this movie to recommend because it talks about the feeling of belonging and the transition between two different realities. And when you watch it, you understand uh, what I'm talking about. I, now, after what I said, is I want to watch this movie again. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, it's just, it will be something related to the topic, what we're talking about. Uh, all the recommendations, the, link, the links of all the all recommendations will be linked uh, in the description of the, this episode. And so I, I would like to... I'd like to, to, to thank you girls to, to join, to, to accept my, my invitation for this, uh, as I, I said in the beginning of the episode, it would be cathartic, <laughs> and for sure it was, and then you, you can see that you know, like expats and uh, they, 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 have this, they, they follow the same patterns when they, they live abroad or they face the same patterns. So thank you very much for, for accepting my invitation for being here. Thank you, it was lovely. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> it, I really enjoyed it, yeah. You're all, always welcome for the next, uh, we, we keep thinking about another, another, <laughs> another topics just to have you back here. <laughs> thank you, yeah. This episode was recorded at my place co-working, a co-working community in the center of Zagreb. You can find more information about my place co-working in the description of this episode. And you are more than more than welcome to make my place also your place. This episode is also available on YouTube and all podcast players, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to know when a new episode comes up. See you next time on this journey from Croatia to Croatia and vice versa. is created and produced by Bruno Miller.